I want to invite you to stand with me if you would. We always read from the scriptures together and we stand out of respect for God's word. We're starting a series, uh, week one today, of a series called Aiding and Abetting, uh, Learning a Game Plan for Making a Difference. And I'll read this aloud and uh, you can follow along and then we'll look at what it means for our life. See if you can identify with this that the psalmist writes. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I have been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. Ever been there? In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he, what's the word? Heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Uh, Usually at the beginning of the year, we have this tendency to focus on us and try to improve us. And there's nothing wrong with that. We just decided that at the beginning of this year that we would like to flip the script and ask all of us to focus on being better but for the sake of other people. This is what we're calling it the year of love. We want to learn to give and receive love. And um, I, I want to uh, do some things in today specifically uh, and through this series, but today um, I, I want to say some things to you and I need you to trust me because I'm going to get you to say some things, uh, repeat back what I say and you're going to repeat it, but I need you to trust me because you don't know what you're going to be committing yourself to, but I do. And I promise it's going to be really good, but I'm going to need to trust you to trust me, okay? Can you trust me as, as your pastor to do that? Um, so you weren't expecting this walking in today. You weren't thinking, ah, I'm going to walk in and this thing's going to happen to me, but it is going to happen to you. Um, but, but first, got to do a little survey to, before I, I do this next thing. How many of you would say, I, I am a follower of Jesus? It just, it's not to call anybody out, but yeah, right, I'll, I'll, most of you. Um, and uh, here's what I'm, I'm going to do. Again, you weren't expecting this, but if you are a follower of Jesus and you raise your hand, just trust me, okay? Just do this like you're swearing an oath, right? Because this is what you're about to do. <laughs> you weren't expecting, but you are. I now, as a, you as a follower of Jesus, I now commission you as a minister. Boom, done, you're now a minister. Congratulations, you had no idea, right? <laughs> Congratulate yourself. Uh, we're we're going to learn over this series, we're going to learn how to do the basics of ministry. Now, uh, the reason for that is Christians have this long-standing conviction. Uh, the, the theological uh, jargon for that is the priesthood of all believers. What, what that means is that everybody gets to play. This is not, uh, church is not a sport where a few people with all of the gifts get to do all the performing and playing. It's, it's a, a thing where everybody is a priest. Everybody can bring someone else to God. Everybody can provide comfort. Every person has a part to play. I'll say it to you like this if you want to use your sermon uh, notes and fill in the first blank. We'll put it on the screen for you. Uh, like this, every Christian is a minister. Say, say that phrase with me, ready? Every Christian is a minister, but not every Christian knows how to minister, right? Even when I tell you you're a minister, you're like, whoa, wait, 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 wait. 
Uh, now, I, I, studied, uh, I studied for the ministry. Uh, I, work, I do this as a full-time thing. Uh, so we probably need to talk about that word for a second. When I was deciding what I wanted to do with my life, like anybody uh, decides when they're a kid, I remember when I was really young, I wanted to be a garbage man. And there's nothing wrong with that. Props to the garbage man. Thank you, seriously. Uh, that, that wasn't for me. And I, I later, I thought, maybe I, maybe I need to go into the ministry. See, my dad was a pastor. My parents were uh, missionaries in, in Africa. And I thought, maybe, maybe that's for me. And, and if that is for you as a full-time thing, what's going to happen is people are going to come up to you, and they're going to see gifts in you, and they're going to say, you know what, I think you would be a great pastor. Man, have you ever thought about that? And I had people just saying that to me on a, on a repeated basis, and that's the case for anybody who's done that. Um, and, and then I, so I thought, okay, right, well, then what I'm going to do is, is uh, if I'm going to be a minister, then I need to go study for the ministry. And so I went to school, and I got a degree, and then I went to another school, and I got another degree, and I wrote papers, and I read books, and I paid thousands of dollars I am still paying off uh, to, to, to become a minister. I got a degree. I got a license that says I'm a licensed minister. I got, in the mail this week, I got a card from um, our tribe of churches that said for 2019, you are a, a licensed and ordained minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Put this in your wallet. When I go to the hospital and they say, are you a pastor? I whip that card out. And I say, here you go. Look, it says that I am. Uh, I was at a funeral on Tuesday, and uh, I was uh, a family in our church, an extended family member, a tragedy, and, and I went in, and I, I went all the way to the back, and I sat in the very, very back. I really didn't want to be at the front, and, and I sat at the back, and, and somehow one of the people on the stage, they had several ministers on the stage, and, and one of them during the, during, came back to me in the back, because it was a long funeral, and they said, hey, could you come up here? We, we want you to come up front with all the rest of the ministers. And I said, no. <laughs> I'm going to stay right here. And so I, I stayed back there. I didn't want to be up. But, but the idea, see, is that ministry is for certain people. And that it's not uh, for everybody. So I, it took me all that schooling, all that, all that you know, certification, blah, blah, blah. And, and after about 10 years of doing it full time, I realized what ministry is, and I'm going to tell you what ministry is. It's very complicated. The words are very big. You're probably going to have to get the spelling from the screen because it's so incredibly complicated. And again, I'm still paying the debt down on the thousands I spent to learn this, and I'm going to pass it down to you. Are you ready for this? I want you to write this down. It's so complicated. You ready? Ministry is meeting a need. That's it. You're like, that's it? That's it? I, I hope you won't let anyone talk you into anything more complicated than that. In fact, if you look at the ministry of Jesus, all it was was going around. All he did was he went around and he met people's needs. Someone was sick and someone was lonely and someone was hurting and someone was stuck in their patterns and addictions and sin. And he just met that need. Because that's all it is. And the reasons we have pastors who do these, this kind of thing on a, on a full-time basis is so that we can lead the church to do what the church is supposed to do, which is to be full of followers of Jesus who minister. So God, that's why I commissioned you, because God put you on this earth to minister, to meet the needs of 
people. Every Christian is a minister, and I want you to claim this purpose of your life in 2019. And you may say, well, I'm a teacher. No, no, you are not. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're a minister who teaches. Well, I'm a, no, no, I'm a millwright. No, no, if you are a follower of Jesus, no, you are not. You are a minister who has the skill set of a millwright. Well, I own a business. No, no, you do not. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're a minister who happens to run a business. I'm a student. I go to school. That's all I do. No, no, you are not. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're a minister who is learning things. Your profession or your job is just a tool to do ministry and meet people's needs. And if you happen to make a living doing that, great. But every Christian is a minister. It's just that not every Christian knows how to minister. And the reason we don't know how to minister is we don't always understand what the real need is. And when you're ever meeting a need, what you're actually doing is you are helping that person to feel their worth and their value. In fact, if you read in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, the creation account, when God created you and me, mankind, he said, I let us create mankind, male and female, in our image. And if you've read that story, Genesis 1, 2, and 3, what you find is that on all the days of creation, when God creates the lights and the lions and the animals and the tigers and the bears, oh my, <laughs> uh, when he does all that stuff, at the end of every day, he says, and it was good until we get to day six when God creates you and me in his image, meaning like him with worth and value. He says, you know, do you know the language changed right there? Not that it was good, but that, that it was very very, very good. And so when you meet someone's need, what you are doing is you are taking a person back to their original purpose and intent in creation that they were made valuable and in the image of God. And when you meet their need, you are telling that person, you are valuable and you matter and you are worth my time. And if we all stop for just a second and think about our life, that's exactly what we want from other people, isn't it? Now, the reality is, is that the people around us uh, feel anything but this. Uh, they feel like they're in a dead-end job, and they don't know where to go. They feel like they are not enough. They don't know how to parent. Their kids are struggling. They are struggling with addiction. They don't know if they matter in the world. They go to work, and they feel like someone just uses them and doesn't care about them, and no one listens to them. They feel unheard. They feel like they are not valuable. And then you, a Jesus-following minister, show up, and you know the worth and value of every person that was made in God's image and how valuable they are, and you don't treat them that way because you're a follower of Jesus, and you're a minister, and so you communicate by your listening ear to them you matter you're worth something I, here's the next blank listening that's what we're talking about this morning listening is the purest form of ministry because when you listen to somebody you are made, meeting a basic human need that we all have to feel like we're valuable now there's, there's several reasons I want to give you uh, as to why I think listening is important. Um, the first one is this, is that when you listen to someone and when you love someone, those are, those are so close uh, as to almost be the exact same thing. Uh, I, I haven't always uh, worn glasses. I normally wear contacts and, and I have a weird prescription and I just haven't refilled it. And so I've been wearing my glasses for the last couple of weeks and it's kind of annoying. And I remember when I was in the fifth grade and I found out that I needed glasses. And uh, it was during the summer, 
and I came back uh, in, in, I've been at the same elementary school, and uh, Mountain, Mount View Elementary, home of the Lions, go Lions. And um, I, I came back to school in the fifth grade, and I was wearing, uh, wearing glasses for the first time. And I was excited that I could see, but I remember when I ran onto the playground before school, because back in that day, you would go play on the playground before school started. And I ran up, and I don't know if kids still say this, but do you know, remember what you got called if you wore glasses? Four eyes, right? So I ran up, and some of my friends were like, <laughs> four eyes! And I, I like, the, like the sense of shame and, oh my gosh, what came over me. And, and that's a real vulnerable age of you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. So I went all the way through, uh, you know, eighth grade wearing glasses in seventh grade. And, and I, sort of, I remember so vividly how it felt, right? I had this cousin, her name was Deanna. Deanna's about this tall favorite cousin. She's probably 12 years or so older than me. And whenever she would see me, and, and um, she, would, uh, she would seek me out. And I, I, mean, I can get emotional thinking about this. Uh, she, would, she would come up to me, and you, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're feeling that way as a, as a middle schooler, and you're feeling like the whole world is looking at you all the time, and like you're getting it all wrong, and you just assume everybody sees you in a negative light. And she would come up and she would go out of her way. And she would come up and she would look me in the eyes. And she would ask me how I was doing. But not in a way that was like, how you doing? Okay, see you later. She would ask me. And then she would comment on something. And man, that looks so, you look so nice. And that sure looks so good on you. And, and she listened to me. I, mean, I, can, I can still feel that. That she... I knew my cousin Deanna loved I've, I've, As an adult, I've, I've thanked her so many times for that. Every time I see her, I'm like, thank you for loving me when I was an awkward little seventh grader. It meant so much to me. Because when you listen to someone, it's like the same thing as loving. You're, you're zooming in on the person. You, you realize, right, that for most of us in our human experience as we're trying to make our way through this life, we feel like we're nothing but someone else's scenery and no one ever zooms in on us. And she zoomed in on me. I found this picture online um, that was taken, I think it was in Shanghai or something like that, but it's this massive gigapixel picture so you can zoom in from way out to anything and see it in great detail. And we've got pictures of it right here. Yeah, you can zoom all around on the internet. But you can go and you kind of see there's something in the water, right? But you, if you wanted to see that, you could zoom in and then you could go a little closer. And then, man, you could zoom all the way in. When you listen to somebody, what you do is you communicate to them that they are worth someone zooming in on them. Because, see, you, you, don't, you don't treat people as senior, scenery. No, not you. You're a follower of Jesus. You're a minister. You know the worth and value of every human being made in God's image, and you wouldn't treat somebody that way. So listening, uh, one, that's why listening is so important. But the second reason is that listening keeps fights from happening. If you have any conflict, I can guarantee, and it's, it's perpetual, I guarantee you, in your home, at work, wherever, at school, whatever, the reason is, is that someone's not listening. And if you start to listen, guess what? Fights stop happening. And then being listened, third reason, being listened to is a fundamental human need. If you're a parent and you're trying to raise a kid and you want to boost their self-esteem and you want to put wind in their sails and you want to grow their confidence, look them in the eye and just listen to them. 
You can put everything in them that you don't even know you could put into a kid just by paying attention to them and letting them know they're worth your time and energy. And if you have a spouse and, or you're dating somebody and you want to be close to that person, put your phone down and pay attention. I'm preaching to me. <laughs> if you want to be a friend and you struggle with making friends and getting close to people, man, learn to listen. You'll have more friends than you know what to do with. I, I would argue, I, well, there's been all this language in, in the press lately about a national crisis. and what, oh, Okay, whatever about that. I just think we have a listening crisis. And, and, and the reason we don't know how to, to get along is we don't know how to listen. And, and we want, all want so badly to be understood that we think the way we get understood is by talking. But it's not. It's by listening. And what that means is that I have to focus on someone else's pain because I'm so often focused on my own pain that I can't focus on somebody else's pain. I want to make sure they understand my pain because we're all listening to the same radio station we all listen to WIIFM. What's in it for me? <laughs> right? Everybody's dialed into that radio station and we're all listening to it. And, and no one maybe has ever modeled for us how we listen. Or you think we yell our way to dominance or we ignore other people or we talk over other people. Ernest Hemingway said it like this He said, When people talk, listen completely. Most people never listen. So let me, let, me, let, me, let me take us through a, a short Bible survey on, on the act of listening to another person and what the scriptures might say from the life of Jesus and his disciples uh, to us about how we might do a better job of listening in 2019. And I want to start with James uh, chapter 1, verse 19. We'll put these on the screen. Uh, this is what the, James, the brother of Jesus, says. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be, what's he say? Quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires. In other words, quick to listen means that's the first thing that I do. I, I, I listen and then I speak and if I follow that pattern, then anger rarely happens. Usually the opposite in some form happens. You know, I'm angry and so I speak out of anger and then when I, if I do listen, I'm listening to see if the person understood me. You didn't understand me? Well, or I speak without listening first, and that starts an argument, and then I'm only listening to see if the other person got me or not. Or I do all the talking, I don't listen at all because I think my opinion is so important, and I leave the other person angry at me for me treating them that way. <laughs> it just doesn't work, right? James says, be, be quick to listen. Now, if anybody had the right to not listen because they actually understood all of the intricacies and got the motives and understood completely the situation and what was necessary to, to fix the situation. I mean, if anybody had that ability and then didn't need to listen, it would be, it would be God, right? Because God understands completely and knows what needs to happen. And yet, so Psalm, the psalmist says it like this in Psalm 116. I love the Lord for he what? Heard, what is it? heard my voice he heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me I will call on him as long as I live questions for you does God not know what you are suffering through is he somehow uninformed when you and I pray is he like oh I didn't I didn't know you were struggling with your mom I, I'm sorry it's new information to me thank you for telling me because I didn't know uh, God does God need to listen no. Well, why does he listen then? 
The psalm we read, Psalm 18, in my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. For from his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into our ears. Here's why God listens. God hears our distress because like my cousin Deanna, he knows we need to be heard. Job in the Old Testament is this, uh, this story of this righteous man named Job. If you've never read it, it's kind of famous. Uh, but Job is this righteous man who does everything. And uh, the, the accuser comes before God and says, hey, Job only does this because you, you bless him. And then, Job, and then this little kind of battle occurs in the life of Job. And he loses everything. And it's a terrible, uh, a terrible tragedy. And he has these friends come and they try and give him advice. And, and if you've ever read that, the first few chapters are very fascinating. And then the, the, the 30 or so chapters after that are just like, what in the world is going on? And then 37 chapters deep. Uh, God is listening to everything that Job is saying and his friends and about the suffering that's going on. He's listening, he's listening, he's listening. And 37 chapters, God listens. And then Job 38.1, this is, listen, this is indicative of how, because God knows we need to be heard. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. Listens for 37 chapters. Quick to listen, God himself. Then speaks. And, and when I listen to other people, guess what it does? When I learn to listen to other people, it teaches me how to listen to God. Because if I won't listen to other people, I'm not going to listen to God. The Proverbs uh, in the Old Testament, all these pithy sayings, I, one of my favorite books, um, wisdom is personified as is foolishness in, in uh, the Proverbs. But this is, this is, listen to this. So my children, listen to me. Wisdom is saying this. For happy are all who follow my ways. Listen to my counsel and be wise. Don't ignore it. Happy are those who listen to me, watching for me daily at my gates, waiting for me outside my home. Whoever finds me finds life and wins approval from the Lord. But those who miss me have injured themselves. All who hate me love death. If you're to read through the Gospels and the ministry of Jesus and how Jesus would do ministry and meet people's needs, you will notice, it's not explicitly spelled out, but notice how Jesus would listen to the person. He knew, but he would listen to what they said because he knew they needed to feel heard. They needed to feel valuable. So in the, in the next six minutes or so, I, I want to give us a crash course on how to listen. And, and the reason that we listen um, is, is what the reason God listens, is we listen in order to make it possible for someone to feel heard. And so i got a little acrostic here on the word heard, uh, just as a way to help us remember it. And I hope you'll take these to heart and you'll apply these and this will make your, uh, your world better in 2019. So here's, here's the first step if you're going to listen to somebody is you have to have a look at your face first. Have a look at your face first. What I mean by that is take, uh, take an inventory of your anatomy of your face, right? And if you do that, you will notice by looking into a mirror uh, that you have two eyes and you have two ears and you have two nostrils, and you have one mouth, right? So by, by, by biological um, necessity or by biological destiny, however you want to look at that, um, then you and I are to look, listen, and even smell twice as often as we speak, right? So, so before you talk, Listen, and if you must talk, if you're one of the people who's like, I got to get my words in, talk to yourself and say to yourself, how would I want to be listened to right now? That's the beginning of all listening. Just take it, 
well, have a look at your face. Use this less than you use these other features of your anatomy, right? Second, eyeballs matter. Meaning, look the person in the eye, and what that does is that signifies to them that you are paying attention. Have you ever been talking to somebody and they're not looking at you? <laughs> and you're like, is this person, and you keep talking and they're not looking, they're paying, looking at someone else, or they're looking over your shoulder. I mean, you feel so slighted in that moment, right? Um, so here's what I'm going to have you do, and, I'm, and this is me because I, I have to work on this too, um, and, and this is where I need you to trust me, okay? We're going to repeat something together. I'm gonna, I have your best interest at heart. So as I say this, repeat it after me as a commitment in 2019, okay? About eyeballs matter, okay? Ready? Here we go. You're going to say it out loud. In 2019, you got to really mean that. In 2019, I will put my... Phone away when I listen to somebody because that's all rude and stuff. Because eyeballs matter. I'm, I'm saying that to me too. I'm, I'm with you, all right? Communicates that they matter to you, okay? Third thing, affirm what they are going through. Let them know that you understand what they're saying. If you, if you go, well, what do you mean? How, how do I do that? Well, think about it. If you go to Culver's for lunch today and you go through the drive-thru, you're going to pull up. And they're going to say, welcome to Culver's. And you're going to make your order. And then they're going to repeat back to you. So what I have is a, a cheeseburger with lettuce and tomato and onion and pickle and mustard, no mayo. And you want the applesauce and the chocolate milk. Is that correct? They are affirming back to you what you just said to them. So if you, you can adopt that kind of fast food approach. Like, so you're saying this and this and this. Now, ladies are kind of intuitively better at this than us as guys. But guys, we got to step up. And so let me give you a dude primer on how to affirm for someone what they are going through. And I've got three phrases, and it uses four words. Okay, so it's not complicated. Again, ministry is not complicated. Just meeting a need. So it goes like this. If you want to affirm what someone is going through, you can go... Wow. Dude. No way. The point is that you're going to join in with what they are going through because you're, you're letting them know, I hear you. I hear you. It's not just words. Then this is maybe the hardest one. Number four, respond to what they said, not with what... You want to say. One of the reasons we have a listening crisis is because when we, we talk to each other, we're thinking about what we want to say next. Or we don't want to feel dumb, so we want to say the right thing. So we're not focused on the other person. So let me give you a discipline you can put in place that just will help you with that. All you have to do is you have to, you have to say, okay, they're saying something. I'm going to listen to what they're saying, and I'm going to ask two follow-up questions instead of thinking of my response. So that gives your brain something else to do instead of trying to formulate what, okay, now what question would I like to ask from that person? Oh, how did, what was that like? Tell me more. Wow. Dude. That lets the person know you're listening to them. And then this is the last one. It's, it's just as important. Is don't try to fix them. Don't try to fix them. 
guys, we're terrible at this. Um, I can be terrible at this. You know, my wife can come to me with a problem, and, and we're problem solvers, and we like to fix things. And like, well, you just do this and this and this and this and this. You ever heard this? You're not listening to me. So what we have to do to learn, and this is, this is I'm, I'm, I'm preaching this to myself, unless they came to you and said, literally said the words, hey, uh, could you give me your input on what you think I ought to do, or I need your advice, or I'm not sure what I ought to do here, unless they say something like that, assume they don't want your advice, and don't try to fix them. Have you ever been in a scenario where you pour out your heart to someone and they just kind of brush that all aside? Well, I'll tell you what you need to do. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to punch that person and I'm never going to talk to them again. <laughs> Richard Foster says this beautifully. He says, uh, condemnation never. Advice once in a great while. Encouragement always. Condemnation never. Advice once in a great while encouragement always this is this is a way for you to especially for those of you who go you know I'm not great at listening and I need to know how to do this this is a way for you to do this do this um, in 2019 at work and you're gonna get a raise if you get a raise you're welcome make sure to tithe on that right okay (laughs) because You're a follower of Jesus, which means you have the ministry of Jesus. You are literally Jesus with skin on to the people in your world. And God put you in your world to meet their needs and to be a minister. So you walk out of here with your head held high as a minister who's commissioned to meet the needs of the people around you. And it starts, the purest form of ministry you can give to someone is listening to them. So would you stand with me, and I want to pray for you, and we're going to go out of here and listen. Uh, so God, for all of us, I pray, uh, as we, 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 we are so deep into our hurt, we're so deep into our concerns, we're so deep into our world, we're so dialed into W-I-I-F-M, that it's so hard for us to see. We want so badly to be understood. And I pray today, God, that um, you would help us to see that you listen to us. You hear us because you know how valuable we are. Thank you for that. And then thank you for thinking enough of us that you would enlist us in the service of treating other people in the same way. And that you would entrust to us the ministry of meeting people's needs and listening to them so that we communicate their value and their worth, and so that they see there's a God who made them and loves them. And so, uh, Lord, I pray for a breakthrough and a blessing on every family, every friendship represented in this room, anyone listening on Facebook Live, because the people in that household listen in a different way in 2019. I pray there's a breakthrough in warmth and in love and in joy and in laughter because we learn in, right now, starting at the beginning of 2019, to listen. Pray that for the, my friends here today. And so we're going to need all of your help, and so we ask for all of your help. Jesus, to be your representatives in the world, people who minister, who meet needs. Thank you. 
We pray this in your name. And all God's people who wanted to be better at listening and express the ministry of Jesus said, Amen. Amen. You're sent now to love God, to love people by listening to them this week, in the next 24 hours, at lunch today. And you're sent now to serve the world in Jesus' name. Hug someone, tell them you love them, you need prayer. Pray for you down front.